Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today. Join conversation with my in-studio guests. Can you imagine what we're talking about today? Know it. Real estate. And real estate for investors. That's what we talk about here on Nevada Real Estate Radio. It's business ownership, really, when you own real estate. And I don't care if it's a condominium that you own, that you just bought. You're in business in one way, shape, or form. You are in business. You have to take care of your credit. You make sure your payments are in on time. And you make sure that you watch the values of this new asset that you own as a first-time homeowner in your little tiny condominium. Maybe it's a condo, maybe it's a house, maybe it's your second house or your investment property. It's all kind of the same. You've got to keep a close eye on your assets. Today we have two outstanding guests with us joining us to talk about doing just that. Sherry Hill is joining us. Sherry is the wealth protection diva and the owner of Sage International, 26 years in business, helping people grow their businesses, and that includes the business of real estate investing. Also joining us today, Brian Cushing from the Cushing team at Guild Mortgage. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the financing world of real estate for primary residents and investors, and also what some of the challenges are when you are a real estate investor talking to a mortgage lender. How does that go? We're going to find out after this quick message. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. Extraction Jackson. Here's what people are saying about CJ's recommended carpet care. Michelle Holbert, I have used Jack several times and he's fantastic. He's cleaned my own carpets, several of my rental properties. I've been very happy. My tenants have really been surprised at how nice the carpets look after he's completed them. Tile, grout, carpet, upholstery? Call 829-1551 or visit cjscarpetcare.com. Extraction, Jackson. He's the best. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. You know, I'm getting excited for 2020 well in advance. One of the reasons I'm excited for 2020 is the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 21 and 22. It's in beautiful Yarrington, Nevada. Check it out. Mark your calendars for the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference coming up in 2020, Feb 21 and 22. I have to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very disappointed this week. Two bits of bad news have come to me and have actually come to all of us who live in the Truckee Meadows. First, on Wednesday, here's what happened. UNR farmland was sold for $18 million. You know that beautiful strip of land over on the agricultural department area where the sheep are grazing and the cows are moving around and they have the big, big eagles and falcons that come in because of all the great open spaces and the hay fields. Well, the UNR has sold this 104 acres of beautiful farmland to Ranchera, the developer Ranchera in Park Lane Mall. And um, it's just a really sad day for us here, I believe, in northern Nevada because this commercial development on this site is going to take more open space away from us that live here in the Truckee Meadows. Not to mention that it's real close to a floodplain. And isn't there already enough buildings, structures, warehouses, storage, traffic, trucks. I mean, is it ever going to plateau? It seems like our local community, our local city councils, our local presidents of the University of Nevada don't have any regard 
for the beautiful open space in the Truckee Meadows. So you think this is an isolated incident? It's not. Go back just one more day. And what was the big news in the headline? Reno City Council approves the Daybreak Project. I'm in shock. Can you believe this? By four to three votes, the council approved to approve the project. Of course, they were getting sued by the developer because they turned it down earlier this year. And I'm afraid, I believe, they approved it just to avoid a lawsuit. Give me a break. More of our open space being taken up by, what's it going to be? Close to 4,000 developments. 4,000 unit developments. That's going to be 4,000 more residents. 3,995 to be exact. You know, this initial project that was applied for was for 4,700 units. And the city council voted, no, we don't want that. It was on a floodplain. Too many chances for problems. Too many chances for traffic issues, safety issues. I mean, the list goes on and on. You talk about looking at a lawsuit in the eye. If these 4,000 or so homes are built, in fact, on this low floodplain in the Truckee Meadows, it's where the uh, uh, Steamboat Creek meets South Meadows Parkway on the east side of the valley, when that floods, you know what those homeowners are going to do? They're going to sue the city just like the people that live in and around Swan Lake in the northern part of the Truckee Meadows. I think the city council is being really short-sighted on their obligations and their duties to the people that live in northern Nevada, the people that already live in the northern Nevada, the people that already own homes in the Truckee Meadows, people that bought homes with the idea that they look around their house, they look all around it, and this is what they see. They see this beautiful Truckee Meadows with although it's diminishing, some open space. And then all of a sudden on one particular day, they hear that there's going to be another 4,000 homes in their backyard. And then the beautiful open space that's in the University of Nevada farmland at South Meadows Parkway all the way to Mill Street is going to be a mess with new construction, new warehouses, few more homes, more traffic, more pollution. Hey, where are all the green people? Where are they? Why aren't they protesting about this? Think of all the carbon emissions that we're going to put into the ozone. Think about the global warming that's coming because of what the Reno City Council has done. Unbelievable. If you were wondering which way home prices are going in the Truckee Meadows, Reno Sparks specifically, I guarantee you they're going to be going down. And it's going to start happening when all that construction starts to take place. When people realize that living in northern Nevada, Reno Sparks in the Truckee Meadows, is not what it used to be. It's not this great place with this low congestion of people, with this low congestion of traffic, with this clean air and clean water and happy people. It's going to change. A lot more traffic, less happy people. A lot more traffic more carbon pollution, a lot more traffic, more irritability, a lot more traffic, more stress, more antagonizing, more anger. I struggle to think about living in Reno Sparks 10, 20 years from now. What do you think? We're going to be back with our in-studio guests talking about real estate and real estate for investors and more after this quick message. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team right here on 1180 AM Radio. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m. on 1180 AM Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio. 
Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada, 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Great day to tune into our show today. I'm so excited about the cool weather. Christmas is coming, yay! And so is the new year. And then the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 21 and 22 in beautiful Yarrington, Nevada. Yes, I talk about this because I'm a beekeeper and also because beekeeping is an outstanding experience. Once you get into this world, ladies and gents, it's hard to think about anything else. I absolutely love my queen and my bees. Joining me in the studio, my queen, Sherry Hill from Sage International. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Thank you, Peter. You're going to the Beekeepers Conference with me. Of course. I don't miss it, and you learn a lot. And just like any group, you learn from the other attendees in the room, very Mm -hmm. seasoned beekeepers all the way to I'm just thinking about it. So a lot of great conversations, networking, and, of course, we're eating honey. Oh, my gosh. You know, (laughs) northern Nevada, there's a reason people move here. It's a great place to live, a great place to buy real estate. But what do you do afterwards? You enjoy your real estate. And this is a great way to enjoy real estate, Sherry. I've enjoyed my backyard more than ever before. I'm now somewhat of a gardener because I'm taking care of what my bees eat. But mostly, I feel like I'm in the uh, farm and ranch world in a micro size because they're so tiny. It's so cute to watch those bees do their work. Sherry Hill, I'm looking forward to seeing you Feb 21 and 22 at the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference in beautiful Yarrington, Nevada. More information is available at NevadaStateBeekeepers.org. And tell him Peter sent you. Also with us in the studio, Brian Cushing. Brian is a senior loan officer at Guild Mortgage and runs the Cushing team. Welcome to the show, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's good to have you back here. I was talking a little bit with Brian before the show. We were talking about how in the mortgage world, every day could be like the biggest day of the year, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's action packed. Yeah, keeps, keeps yeah. you on your toes. Yeah, so it's it's about what's happening in the news. I remember years ago, Brian, when we didn't even have computers. I was a mortgage lender, and well, we did have computers, but it seems like that long ago. But on any given day, I'd get calls from people who I'm doing mortgages with, and they said, "Hey, I heard something on the news. Does this mean that interest rates are going down? Hey, I heard this on the news. Does this mean that the prices of homes are going? Um, you know, once people are in that buying process." They kind of change, don't they? Well, it's top of mind. It's, yeah. uh, it's just like if you buy a you know, yellow VW Bug, you're going to see every other VW bu- yellow VW Bug on the road. Right. It's going to feel like everybody has one. No, there's only a couple of them <laughs> <Yeah>. out there. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I remember we were taught it's about the reticular activator in our brain. There you go. Once we start thinking about something and we know it's high on, a high priority, man, everywhere we go, it's like the first thing we think about. I remember people telling me that they'd go out to dinner after we'd had a conversation, and they'd hear somebody talking across the room about interest rates, and they'd try to pick up a little bit, you know, get their ear going in that direction, and that really is what it is. It also tells us that the home buying process is one of the biggest things we go through in our lives, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's very emotional, so yes, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big investment. I mean, you know few hundred thousand dollars like not many people have that in their 401k right now Uh, exactly their house is worth that much and so what you're really what you're really leveraging i guess is your own personal future right you're telling people i will be here in the future you can count on me i'm going to continue to be employed i'm going to continue to make that mortgage payment absolutely even though some folks think that because they have some money in the bank they should just get a loan because the money in the bank they could pay cash yeah right but the fact is, uh, it's that time that's the difference. And you have to have a lot of things in order when you're committing your future time. Sherry Hill is with us from Sage International. Sherry, speaking of committing time, 26 years. Yes. In the same business. Yes. In the same building. Yes. In the same office. <laughs> yes. In the same car. <laughs> no. Not the same car. <laughs> Almost. I've seen your car. It's not a brand new car. I know no. where you put your money. You put your money into your business. Very interesting uh, your world, because you deal with a lot of real estate investors. It's very similar in some ways, but it's that other side of it, right? The 
potential to really grow asset, grow value. Talk a little bit about the investors that come to see you. Well, a lot of investors are looking for passive income, right? So they're investing in a way that is going to drive a different source of revenue than their W-2, so mm -hmm. that at some point, as many entrepreneurs can attest to, is that they want to own their own business or they want to replace their W-2 income with passive income, mm -hmm. meaning that they didn't have to earn it, somebody else is paying on their behalf through rents, uh, sale of investment real estate, mm -hmm. 1031 exchanges, things like that, uh, so they don't have to work. Well, labor at least, they don't have to work, but you know, it's a lot of brain power that it takes to put these deals together, I know that, uh, because you have to have the right mindset. And you have to have well, you, you also have to have an understanding of what's going on in the market where you want to invest. So it's not just northern Nevada. I deal with people all over the country. So what's going on around the country? Mm -hmm. Do values grow as fast as they do in California or Nevada? Most states know. So, you know, there you have to master that as well. It's, mm -hmm. it's a whole learning process to be uh, an effective real estate investor. Mm -hmm. But when you do it well and you do it right, um, this is how a lot of people have, you know, really become millionaires. You know, Sherry, I have seen people come to talk to you and I, because we, you and I spent so much time together. I've seen you talk to people when you first meet them. And then I can see what happens after a few weeks, a few months. You know, sometimes before you know it, these people are off and running big time. What I think they really need is, is just a sounding board sometimes to make sure that their, their thoughts are in the right place. And, and, and I think one of the challenges, I, I remember this in my own launch of my business, at the beginning, we only want positive feedback. So that's really all we're hearing. And when we hear negative feedback, we just kind of move it to the side and get more positive feedback from our friends, from our family members, you know, the people that really support us. When people talk to you, it's a different story because you don't have that obligation, let's say, to be nice, to tell people what they want to. Sometimes you have to deliver some bad news or well, negative news. If it, they, whatever it's not really, ne it's, you know, a reality check. And so for me, it's really understanding what is it you're trying to accomplish. Most important is when you deal with an expert, and Brian can attest to this as well, is we know different options or ways to do the same transaction. But uh -huh. if you only know the one way, right. then you're not really helping yourself because there might be better options that you didn't even know existed. And where I get frustrated is when I share those options and then somebody takes that and runs off and tries to do it on their own. And I know that I didn't give them all the information, right? So mm -hmm. they're not going to be as successful. So that's really why you come to an expert or someone who has been doing something as long as I have, because I know there's, you know, 15 different ways to do this. Sherry, everybody has a computer now. We all carry more knowledge um, than it was in the public library when I was a kid on our little iPhones. And people try to do things on their own. I, there are so many people that I talk to that are experts. I ask them a question, and you know what the first thing they say to me is? Just a minute, let me look at my phone. I mean, every question they can answer because they have to go to their phone. Then there are those people, like yourself, who you ask them a question. You don't need to go to a phone because there's an area of specialization that you look at, and despite the fact that we all have all of this access to this wide range of knowledge, we're still living in somewhat of a specialized world. Absolutely, I call it stay in your lane. So, you know, when people come to me and they want to start a business, whether for-profit or non-profit or B Corp or they're a real estate investor, then I'm going to make sure that we noodle on what is your ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. Are you trying to have this business forever? Are you mm -hmm. trying to exit in a few years? What are the things that you need to be thinking about today? Yeah. And then we want to structure you in the most advantageous from liability protection to tax reduction so that you really maximize what you're doing. Yeah. And that's where the fun comes. I mean, this is all good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the ones that get into trouble are the ones that didn't align themselves with people who uh, have been there and done that. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what I spend doing is, you know, mentoring or I don't call myself a coach, but it's really I'm a, 
I'm a strategist. I know Creative mentor is I, what I am. <laughs> I know that you ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And anybody that asks a lot of questions is doing this. They're holding people accountable. You've got to answer to it. And I think that's one reason that, that your charm attracts so many incredible people to your business, Sherry Hill. The business of mortgage, Brian Cushing, business is somewhat the same because, again, Brian, all kinds of people in the universe that have internet, computers, they see the tease ads and they figure, hey, I can do this on my own. Uh, before before I, I ask you to talk about that mortgage, I, I want to talk to you about, about the fact that I'm somewhat the same myself uh, in the sprinkler world. So as a homeowner, uh, I have a sprinkler system that needs some work. And I know that if I do some work on that and I have some problems, it's not that big of a deal. I can fix it. I can spend some time. I can have some fun. I'm already prepared for some mistakes. But when it comes to a mortgage or a business, yeah, you're talking somebody's entire future and livelihood. So the mortgage world, Brian, on one given day, uh, the questions that you get are kind of life-changing. They can be life-changing, can't they? Yeah, they, the decisions that are made can be seriously life-changing, for sure. Right. And or so, the lack of decision-making. Exactly. And then when you get people that are in the loan process, um, they're highly aware and sensitive of anything to do with mortgage, interest rates, financing. And I know that once someone gets in the mortgage process, almost everything in the news can impact rates, home prices, and values. And I know people call you every day asking questions like that. We have to take our break, but when we come back, I want you to share some of what goes on on a daily basis with people asking questions. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Pet Talk Radio. Bear, country dog, line two. Hey, bear. Dirt, too. It's all over the carpet. What do I do? The best carpet cleaning company in town. Residential, commercial, tile, grout, carpet, upholstery cleaning. Call 829-1551. I'm calling CJ's now. This is Bear with CJ's recommended carpet care. You're listening to Pet Talk Radio. Peanut the Piddler, line one. Oh, I get so excited every time that darn doorbell rings. I piddle on the carpet. CJ's recommended carpet care. He does a great job. He's on time. He's quick. And he stands behind his work. Call 829-1551. I love Pet Talk Radio. This is Bear with CJ's recommended carpet care. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Yes, my carpets are in the process of getting clean from CJ's recommended carpet care. And you all know how great work CJ's does. But next time, he's already made the plans. Tile and grout. He told me I need tile and grout clean. I didn't know that. You know why? I am not an expert on tile and grout, but the people at CJ's recommended carpet care, that's what their expertise is really heavy in. Tile and grout cleaning. If you want the most value for a home that you're selling or you want to see what a home looks like before you buy it, check out the grout. Have questions? Call Jack at CJ's Recommended Carpet Care. You can reach him at 829-1551 or visit cjscarpetcare.com. With me in the studio, Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer from Guild Mortgage, and Sherry Hill from Sage International. We're talking about business ownership, investment ownership, assets, real estate, and mortgage. Brian, when we went into the break, we were talking about what it's like on a particular day, especially a high news day in the mortgage world. What are people thinking about? Well, I mean, I think people that are working with me on a mortgage, they're only thinking about themselves and what's going to impact them, right, which is fair. Uh, and we're, we're holding the, 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 the pieces need to fall in place for, you know, they first come in to get qualified. So we talk about what the payments might look like. And we're using the current interest rates on that day, but we don't have a property yet mm -hmm. identified, nor do we know when it's going to close. So it's kind of a, you know, like, well, we can only show you what it looks like today and what the estimated taxes are and what that results to in your payment. 
but where it really the rubber hits the road when you write the contract, right? You've secured uh, the price yes. in the actual house. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then I can pull up the taxes on the county website. That's pretty easy. I can guess what your home insurance might be, so I can really hone in on this is your payment and this is your cash to close. Like this is how much it's gonna cost you based on the loan scenario we started with, 5% down, 20% down, whatever that was. Mm -hmm. Because this is where your area of expertise really comes in. I mean, you're, they're filling out applications, they have to answer all these questions and they have to be able to substantiate their income, their debt, all those kinds of things. And that's one of the ways that you really help people move from, I'm thinking about owning a home to I actually own a home is the guidance you give them in that process. So let's talk about some of the things that, mistakes that people have made when they don't answer effectively or they don't have clarity around. It's usually the stuff they leave out <laughs> that causes the biggest issue. They fill out the application or they you know, answer the questions and uh, the more questions I ask, probably similar to your business, the more you can, the more insight you can provide. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes folks just want to go to the website and fill it out and they want a phone call back and they want to know that they're qualified. All right, well, fine, I can check the box and say you're qualified, but there's probably 10 different ways I could qualify you. You said you wanted to put 30% down. Well, I mean, you might be able to put 10% down and get rid of your car payment with the other 20% and your cash flow might be way better off in your household. But I don't know that that's a recommendation I can make until I've asked some deeper questions because maybe, mm -hmm. maybe that's not, you know, what your long-term, you know, that doesn't fall into your long-term goals. So I think that's uh, taking the time up front to let, let a professional go through the questions, walk them through the process so they can actually, you know, see the end result. Like, so I think that's, that's really where having a one-on-one -on -one meeting goes a long, long way. It's not just, can I qualify? Sure. If you ask me for a, do I qualify for a $400,000 house that I saw on Sunday at an open house? I can answer yes or no. Uh, but is that, uh, whether it's the right house or not, it's going to be up to you and your real estate agent and your family. But how you finance it, if you're going to finance it, what's really, you know, what, what do you need to move around? Like, do you have to take money out of your 401k to put 20% down when it's not necessary to put 20% down? I don't know if that's a good idea. Maybe the stock market's going to go up more than the house and your 401k would have been higher in value in a few years if you didn't take the money out of there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So those are all kind of questions and talk about the long term. It's a 30-year mortgage, 15-year mortgage. I mean, this is a long-term investment. Even if you plan on selling it in less time than that, you still have to make your plans accordingly because uh, I think a lot of folks learn the hard way that things can change. Well, and you reveal to beat people how well they are at managing their money. Yeah, they didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is, I mean, that's the bank side is can you pay back the loan? Mm -hmm. And just by educating them and helping them understand, again, those choices or options today and in the future are how you're going to be able to own a home. Absolutely. Yeah, like did you, you leased your car versus you bought the car. Well, you might have had a lower payment, but you're forever going to have a lease payment that way. So... Well, that's that's needs to factor it in. Our guests in the studio, Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage, and Sherry Hill from Sage International. We're talking about the real estate world, the investment world. And I know when people are applying for a mortgage, Brian, you're right. It's the things that they leave out sometimes that can make a difference. I remember, uh, again, years ago when I was uh, in the loan business, I asked the standard questions during the application process, and then about a week before, we hit a roadblock. Come to find out, one of the applicants did, in fact, own some other real estate. Yes. Well, I just co-signed for my sister-in-law 10 years ago was, was the question. I didn't think I owned it. I just co-signed. That can make a huge difference, right? It's one of the one of the questions that they should have responded to right up front was, "Did I have to have I co-signed the loan?" So, to explain to our audience and our guests in the studio why it's important for you to know if somebody has any any attachment to other real property. Well, there's the liability. I mean, owning it is great because it's an asset, and there's probably you know you build equity, and there's there's a there's a value there. Mm -hmm. But the property taxes have to get paid. Mm -hmm. So who's responsible for that? Well, if you co-own a property with somebody else and they might live in it, they might be fully responsible for it. But until they've proven 
you know, that they can maintain the payments and maintain that responsibility, you're you're still on the hook. Mm-hmm. And so from from our perspective, we have to show a history there. And um, you know, leaving that kind of information out, it always comes out a week before closing, like when it's the wrong time to find yeah, out sure. some poor information like that that mm-hmm. could have been very could have been circumvented. There was totally likely a way that it wouldn't impact the the loan, you know, and the timing to close if you have talked about it up front. But if you find out about it on our own, because we, we do like fraud reports and things. So uh-huh. uh, we've had recent recently a gentleman that had a short sale six and a half years ago. Well, he was pretty sure it was more than seven years ago. He was actually 100% sure until mm-hmm. I pulled up the record on the house and said, look, here's the house we found on the fraud report, and it closed six and a half years ago. Oh, oops. Yeah. Or, so, or the guy or the gal that quits their job a week before closing, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, I got a better job offer. Okay, great. So I figured I would just take the week off to move into my new house before I start my next job. Darn it, that's not going to work. You've really got to stay in touch with your mortgage lender once you're in the loan process. And Brian, I know you explained to incredible detail what people should and shouldn't do during the mortgage lending process. But people still forget. People still get excited. You have got to let your lender know what's going on because... You're the guy with gold. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna happen if that deal closes and that money has got to be delivered. And there's a lot of questions going on. Just for the sake of, of conversation, in my instance, when we finally discovered that we had this other property to deal with, uh, we did find out that the mortgage was on time, which was great. So the sister-in-law had been paying it on time. The taxes were paid. Everything was paid on time. Unfortunately, they were behind on their insurance. Oops. So until that insurance issue was resolved, we couldn't move forward, even though the, my borrower really thought he had nothing to do with that house. So there's the example, ladies and gentlemen. If you are on another property, co-signing, uh, co-owner, co-bargain, was, it doesn't matter, whatever. You are obligated on that loan, and you've got to let your lender know, your new lender, that that is the case so that you can show how that obligation is being met and that it is being met well enough to where you can move on with your mortgage loan. It's going to save you a lot of headache and a lot of hassle. Welcome to business ownership, right, Sherry? Well, and and the other thing is, you know, people get excited. So, you know, they go out and finance a whole new uh, living room and dining room set uh, two weeks before close. So those are all the things where I know Brian as the you know, mortgage lender is really helping them understand Mm -hmm. that, you know, just this is how you have to be in the next 30, 60, 90 days and ask me the questions Mm -hmm. first before you just go do something. Any change in your financial status um, Mm -hmm. could result in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes just, you know, they might have good intentions. They go buy that, that, kitchen set or mm-hmm. the, you know, whatever dining room set. And they had the money in their savings account. So they spent that instead of financing it because I told them not to. Well, now they've depleted their asset reserves that <laughs> yeah. could have been con- one of the considerations that was able to get them the financing approval anyway. Mm-hmm. Not always the case, but that can yeah. happen too. And that's, happen. and that's with the best of intentions. They yeah. didn't think about it. So exactly. Yeah. I don't want them to ask permission for everything, but uh, we'll set some, some buffers mm-hmm. and some boundaries. Like let's stay within this. So our conversation today with Brian Cushion and Sherry Hill is about how people interact with their lenders when they're in the mortgage mortgage process, buying real estate, whether it's primary residence or investment property, it doesn't matter. All of these things are really critical to getting that loan closed in a timely manner and without a lot of headache and heartache and hassle, but it can happen. Another thing that comes up besides these usual things, Brian, is the news of the day. I mean, the Fed, um, the Federal Reserve has been talking about lowering rates. Then they talk about raising rates. I mean, I've been through it for a lifetime. I know that as they're getting close to making a decision, everybody's mind is peaked. Is now the time to get a mortgage? Should we wait till afterwards when rates go down? Uh, I'm sure it's relatively the same now in your world. Well, those are the headlines. So, I mean, some days the headlines are, you know, there's a shooting in Texas and that takes over the news cycle. But then other times, like the Federal Reserve meetings, that takes over the news cycle, and that's the big headline. Mm-hmm. What's the front page of the Wall Street Journal say, right? That's what most people pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the interest gets peaked. Yeah. By the time those articles are written and published, though, it's usually a little bit after the fact. Something's already happened besides. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the Fed makes a meeting and a decision, and if you don't read the paper until Sunday, you know, most, a lot of people try to avoid the news. I personally try to avoid the news except for what 
affects my business. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm paying attention to mortgage rates all the time. <laughs> yeah, practically everything. Yeah, right. But uh, but you know, the rest of the news I really could care less about because it mm -hmm. does <laughs> keep that negative away from me. Right, right. But it is. It's in, you know your job is to stay in communication with your borrowers, your prospects, your clients. And that means I know you're on the phone or your assistant's on the phone. Somebody's putting out information at any given moment on your website. Um, it's a um, high-energy business that you're in. But I do want people to know that uh, you're the person that I recommend for mortgage because I know you really care about your borrowers, and it is an individual decision. If somebody wants to reach you before the end of the show, Brian, what is the best way to reach you? Uh, best thing is to check out our website at homeloansreno.com. Um, you'll find our phone number there, but you can always call us at 453-0345. Very good. I've got your information on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. Sherry Hill is with us in the studio today. Sherry, you also do a radio show called The Sherry Hill Show. I know a lot of people listen to it. It does not air the same day as our program airs, but you also air on 1180 AM. I heard you recently talking to a guest about your upcoming radio show, you were talking about business and business brokerage. Talk to our audience a little bit about that and how that's what that's going to be about on your show. Well, we were talking about people, you know, from the buyer side and the seller side of business, mm -hmm. right? And so some of the pitfalls or things that you need to know as a business owner, if your intention is to sell your business, if you were someone out there looking to buy a business, mm -hmm. you know, the importance of using a seasoned broker who can really help you understand the value and work the transaction so that everybody comes out happy and, you know, accomplishes the goal. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I, the, your guest, Buzz Harris, uh, met him before. He's a very interesting fellow to talk to. Well, we like Buzz because who doesn't like a guy named Buzz because we're <laughs> beekeepers. But one of the other things we, we didn't have a chance to talk to that I think should be a good topic on your show is a lot of businesses own the real estate that their business sits on. Oh, yeah. And so uh, that should be a good discussion in the future. Uh, absolutely a great discussion. Your show airs on Mondays, 1130 a.m., right here on 1180 a.m. radio. And I'm encouraging our listeners who have an interest in buying or selling a business uh, or just want to have a great time to listen to the Sherry Hill Show. Sherry, I really appreciate you being with us today. Any final thoughts for our listeners? I know you have to get out a little bit early. Talk to us about Sage International. Yeah, I just, you know, if anyone is in that process of as a real estate investor or someone who's starting a business to take advantage of a free 30-minute consultation so we can determine, you know, what's the right entity, how it should be taxed, and let us do the work so it gets done right the first time. Very nice. Sherry Hill from Sage International. All of your contact information is on our website, too, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. Hope you'll come back to visit sometime soon. Of course. Thank you. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Pet Talk Radio. Bear, party animal, line one. My owner's mad because he spilled guacamole. He's going to be madder when he finds out it was me. CJ's recommended carpet care. He does a great job. He's on time. He's quick. And he stands behind his work. Call 829-1551. I chihuahua. This is Bear with CJ's recommended carpet care. The most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Good day to tune into our show today. And you're on 1180 AM Radio, one of the Lotus broadcast stations here in northern Nevada. Happy to be working with the team and all the great programming on our radio show, including Nevada Real Estate Radio and the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Sherry had a great conversation with us. She had to take off for another meeting, but I'm glad in the studio we still have Brian Cushing. Brian is a senior loan officer at Guild Mortgage and is the head honcho at the Cushing team. And so we always like to talk about what's happening, the information we get from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. And the last numbers, as far as the median home prices and sales activity that we got was early in September. And they're looking back to the prior month and to seeing what happened in August. Brian is joining me in the studio looking at the numbers and it looks like we finally have the median home price for an existing single family home residence in Reno Sparks below $400,000. Barely. Barely. That number was $399,000, which is an 8% increase 
from the year prior. That's not a bad gain for one year, is it, Brian? No, I, I think we're, we're trending in the upward direction for sure. Yeah, and so on, on the average, I had heard that the average home appreciation value, if you look back all the way back to the start of time, somewhere around 2 to 3% a year. And so anytime we were ahead of that number, uh, it says that you're in an active market, a hot market, if you will. And, boy, 8%, that's pretty strong. Yet um, when you listen to the media and all the struggles people have finding homes, Brian, you wonder if it's not even higher than that because there's not that many deals that really take place in northern Nevada. People are looking for the right home, the available home, but many times it's just not there. Let's look at the sales activity. Um, in Reno and the North Valleys including, there were 420 sales of existing family homes. Good news is that's an increase from the year prior, but I don't know if that's enough. It just seems like more and more people want to move here, and there aren't enough homes, Brian. Uh, what's your take on the availability of homes in northern Nevada? Well, I mean, it's, it continues to be a supply and demand issue. Um, the, the price isn't high enough to get some people to sell. Right, so if there's not enough homes available right. to sell, mm -hmm. then you know you got less supply than you have demand with the people moving here. So essentially, if you sell your home at a great price, great, but where are you going to move to? Well, that's that's the question. I think that's what stops people from putting their house up for sale because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. the next house they're going to buy, they feel like it's at a elevated price point. Um, they're taking their money, and now if you're moving for a job out of an area, then you take your money and run. So to speak, um, then you you know you're going to go enter to another real estate market, or maybe mm -hmm. you're just going to sit on the sidelines and rent. Um, but that's really that comes down to like, what are you going to do with the money when you move? Are you going to yeah. are you going to pay taxes on it, or are you going to reinvest it in real estate locally? Mm -hmm. That's great, but most I see a lot of people moving up, and so their mm -hmm. next house is more expensive than the yeah. one that they're selling, unless yeah. they're downsizing for you know later in life type thing. But uh, but mm -hmm. for the most part, we're seeing a lot of move up. Home buyers. You know, it's an interesting observation, and I hadn't thought about it much, Brian, until you were just mentioning it now. And I was thinking back to 2012 when we had the bottom of the market here in northern Nevada for the 2000s. The median home price was $150,000. And I remember people were moving out of Reno. They were leaving Reno. So when they moved out, that home was empty. The problem with today's market for buyers is that sellers when they're selling their home, in most cases, I don't think they're leaving Reno. They want to stay. They love it here in Reno, right? It's a great place. We all love it. That's why people are coming here. So if you sell your home in Reno and you want to stay in the area, that's the challenge. That is the big challenge. Absolutely. I mean, you can go rent. and yeah, But there's, there's building all kinds of apartments around here. Multifamily has been up, too, yeah. along with everything else. But they are charging a pretty penny for those places. Well, I've encouraged people to think about um, doing what Eddie Albert did in Green Acres and what I did in Hidden Valley. It's kind of getting back to more of a rural area. And I'm talking about Fernley, Fallon, Minden, Gardnerville, some of those areas that are just outside of the Reno-Sparks metro area. They have better values. Let's look at, at Fernley. On this same report from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors, Fernley median home price was two hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. Boy, that's a long way from three ninety-nine, Brian. Uh, and it's growing there too, just like I bet the there's a little more land on that two hundred sixty-five thousand dollars house too. You bet, you better believe it. And it's a different kind of living in Fernley or in the rural area. It's it's a more relaxed kind of living. Yes, there's a little bit more driving because you're outside of the metro area, but it might be a great way to move up as you move down in home value, right? You could move out of that big house that you raised your young family in. Now, if you're older, you're senior, you don't want to go up and down the stairs, this could be a way to do it. I guess you really have to just be a creative thinker if you're going to be buying or selling real estate in northern Nevada. In fact, Brian, that leads me to my next uh, question about the loan types I'm talking about the FHA versus conventional. Would you talk to us a little bit about the FHA mortgage, please? Yeah. Well, that stands for the Federal Housing Administration. And so basically the federal government is insuring that loan. So when it's issued, the lender is not going to have to worry about being uh, about losing money if the loan doesn't get paid back because they're allowing you to put very little down mm -hmm. in most cases. So you pay a, a mortgage insurance fee to the Federal Housing Administration um, you know, versus maybe a conventional loan mm -hmm. where that conventional loan you could put 20% down and there would be no extra insurance cost or mortgage insurance. But if you put less than 20% down, 
you would pay a PMI insurance, so private mortgage insurance through a, through a third-party provider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But either way, uh, you have to look, like everybody else, for the best value for your own situation. Uh, first-time home buyers are really the source of FHA, are they not, Brian? They're not really for move-up buyers, are they? Well, it can be. I mean, it's uh, it's not a requirement to be a first-time home buyer mm. for FHA. Mm-hmm. Very so good. You get a credit blemish, and FHA is a little more forgiving than conventional. Yeah, and so maybe it depends on the history of your prior credit or mortgage payment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, if you had a home and you went through a foreclosure, for instance, mm-hmm. there's a much shorter waiting period after a foreclosure to get an FHA loan than to get a conventional loan, uh-huh. it's a difference between three or seven years. So you've had, hopefully a lot of people have made it through the time period where home, you know, we lost a lot of houses, people went through foreclosures and short sales. That hasn't been a big thing yeah. recently. You know, People are pretty much caught up on their payments. The, mm-hmm. I think nationally the news has been recently that delinquencies are at a all-time low as far as they've been keeping track of the records. Mm. Uh, so you know, very low late payment delinquencies on mortgages which is really the lead end. you got to be late 90 days before you can start a foreclosure. So anyway, that's, uh, that's I guess, getting back to FHA versus conventional. That FHA is just more forgiving, mm-hmm. not necessarily a first-time homebuyer plan. Very nice. So, yes, the, the foreclosure world that we lived in a dozen years ago, uh, it was really critical. Now I think uh, FHA, from the people I talk to, are really looking at it because they have credit issues, their credit Maybe they have a low credit score, or they got a blemish, like you say, a medical credit. I know that the FHA is a little bit more forgiving on medical delinquencies and medical uh, bills that might be there. I mean, not in every case, but FHA is really the first thing that I really talk to people about looking into if they are a first-time homebuyer. If they have good credit, and maybe they have some money in the bank, they might be a lot better off to go conventional as opposed to FHA. So, Brian, talk to us a little bit about the differences in what conventional mortgage is about. Well, I mean, it's more, it's, you're based on your credit score more than anything else in a conventional loan. Mm-hmm. So the credit range of 740 and above would put you in the highest echelon of, you know, the on a conventional mortgage, the available rates, um, even on a private mortgage insurance, the lowest fee that they'll charge would be to borrower with a 740 or higher credit score. Not to say a 640 credit score is bad. You could qualify with a 640 credit score, but you're going to get charged a lot more in fees when it comes mm-hmm. to your interest rate, your mortgage insurance cost if you're putting less than 20% down. Uh, where That's where we go and say, okay, well, if the total cost of this loan under a conventional is more expensive than an FHA loan, we'd go back and look at the FHA as an option. Right. Or right. we would try to fix the problem on the credit. Maybe you just need to pay your credit card off and your score would go up. Yeah, could be that easy. Yeah, if somebody was trying to do this on their own, they might go to the website, get a little bit of information about the two loan types, and then say, okay, I'm going to go with this one because this is what I think, based upon what I have, is the best. And then they proceed with a computerized loan where they talk to nobody. They could make really a, a big, big mistake financially just by overlooking one little detail. This reminds me of what I joke with my wife about sometimes. So instead of going taking the kids to the doctor right away, mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, first thing you do is you ask Google. And so, so but by the time they get to the doctor's office, she's self-diagnosed them, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't imagine what the doctor thinks. Like, okay, well, let me. Can I diagnose them, please, before you give me your your reading? Um, I think a mortgage is similar. If people go and they want to research, and there's great information available online, but most of the information is trying to lead you back into some kind of a sales funnel, like maybe an online source where they just want to. If you can self-diagnose that a conventional loan you feel like is best for you, they'll take your order and give you exactly that. Yeah, They're not going to present to you like an outside thinking of, well, maybe that's not the best option. Maybe this option is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but that's, I guess, the difference between a consultation and a taking an order like at McDonald's. When I was a young man, Brian, I loved to work on automobiles, and I'd learned a little bit about fixing automobiles, and I thought I knew everything about automobiles. So... I remember once, um, as a young man in college, I was having trouble with my car, and I pretty well knew what what the problem was. So I took it to a mechanic, and I told the mechanic exactly what I wanted him to do to my car so he would fix it. The mechanic just looked at me. He was a seasoned mechanic, and I was 18 years old, and I'm sure he was thinking what you and I maybe were thinking about too, but he said, okay, I'll do exactly what you're telling me to do. It'll be ready in a week. So I went back in a week, and there was my car. And it had a brand new transmission 
in this car. And I took off, and I didn't get 20 miles, and it broke down again. The problem was not the transmission, you see. I paid for a new transmission, but I made a big, big mistake because I thought I knew everything, Brian. Turns out it was a small, minor repair that the vehicle needed, and away I went now with a new transmission that I didn't need. But I learned a great lesson then, and that is to always talk to the pros and let the pros do the, diagno the diagnosis. Not you, the layman who really doesn't know. If I would have known what I was doing, why was I even there, right? <laughs> so that's the key. When you're talking with a lender or a mechanic, let them make the diagnosis and, and help them to make those uh, recommendations because you're, you're talking to a real person. So I, I don't tell people not to go to the Internet. The web and the, and the social media sources are great for getting general information. But when you really need to hone it down, talk to a local individual, somebody that you know, like, and trust, like Brian Cushing. And Brian, I know you, you use the internet yourselves to communicate with our, uh, with your prospects, with your clients as well. Absolutely. Well, you know, there's, uh, there's, I feel like the internet's great. There's, it's only as good as the information that's put out there. Um, so uh, with our website, homeloansreno.com, we've been working on a blog where we're putting out articles and information about conventional loans, FHA loans. Uh, we talked about Fernley a minute ago. Fernley is a great area where you can do a USDA rural housing loan with zero money down. Mm -hmm. So I just recently started uh, kind of writing some information about that. I'm going to put that out on there. Right. I think finding putting good information out and as a it, it, it's that's what people want to feel comfortable. They want to go and find the information online, and um, sometimes that leads them to the conversation that they need to have about sitting down with a with a mortgage lender or a mechanic or whatever they're searching, right? You can search online for anything you want. Just type it, think of it and type it in and you'll get a response. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. And these questions are great to talk to your lender about when you meet with them in person. Brian, I know you have a couple of great videos on the social media world, the LinkedIn world, the YouTube world. I know you've got one on FHA basic and conventional loan basics, which is what we talked about today. Uh, we're going to put those links on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. When you go to the podcast, you'll see them right there, Brian. Cool. And we'll help people get more information. But ultimately, we want you to contact Brian at the Cushing team, and you can find them all over Google. Just Google Brian Cushing Mortgage Team, and you're going to find it, or visit our website, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. Brian, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me back. All right. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. We're on the air again next week, same time. Tell your friends and family to tune in too, so they can make a great decision in the world of real estate. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Goodbye, everybody. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.